0: Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. I know there are things that happen in people's lives that would never want to remember. But your mind doesn't follow that advice, does it or will it? But to forget or remember no more, is that achievable? Because many would say absolutely not, while others say, I can't seem to remember. Why is that? I'll challenge you. You can choose not to forget, which is totally different than to remember no more. Which practice of mind management do you exercise? Listen to what God says in Hebrews 10:17, "And their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now, you believe God's promise is only for those people back there, or for you too, as His work to remember no more pertains to your sins and lawless deeds. You got your tanks? Let's dive in. This segment is titled, Discipleship the Way of Life, Forget? Forget what? You're crazy, irrational, and stupid if you think I'm going to forget those sins and lawless deeds you committed against me. Because not forgetting will make double darn sure I'll remember those sins and lawless deeds. You'll never sin against me like that anymore. You know anyone like that? Are you like that? You know, the simple truth about practicing that mindset, first of all, it's not biblical. And the consequence is, God will remember. And by the way, God possesses a perfect memory. And he will call to mind all your sins and lawless deeds you've committed against him and anyone else for your entire life. You care to spend time today to see if you can remember every single sin and lawless deed your entire life? The next thing not forgetting does, it opens a spiritual door for the devil to have access to your mind and manipulate it. It keeps you captive in a state of incapacitation because you choose to embrace disobedience by not forgetting, and begin to move spiritually away from God due to disobedience to his command to forgive. And when you live in disobedience to God's commands, you're setting yourself up by radiating an odor for the roaring lion's nostrils and his snares are set and crouches in wait for you to stray. You can count on that. The plain old truth you're not forgetting is no way guaranteeing that the transgressor or the transgressors will not sin against you again, and your downward spiral continues. You can expect that to be true. And although this Godcast is titled Forget, and it's different from the last Godcast, What Kind of Work Do You Do?, all aspects of your spirituality fall under Work Out Your Salvation. And how you forgive yourself and others is an important component of the God's biblical truth to work out your salvation. Consider this. Just like an athletic competition, discipleship also requires work to experience growth, progress, or progress, and maturity. How can a runner run faster if they never work beyond what they possess as their natural talent allows? Consider this, my spouse is far from being a natural runner, and it took a tremendous amount of work to train her body and mind to develop consistency as a runner, and she would agree with this truth. She decided to run a marathon, and her reasons were her own. So, her first attempt, she lost some weight, ran to get in shape, and the end result was participation in the marathon, and she acquired the desired finisher's medallion. Now, Did she compete? Well, yes, so to speak, but compete she did at a very low competitive level and her finishing time verified that fact. So she would agree there is a definite difference between participating and competing in an official race. How about you? Would you be in agreement that there is a true difference between participating and competing? It was encouraging to accomplish something that requires a clear and undeniable purpose and mindset in order to maintain the stamina, attitude, and conviction to train in order to finish and finish well. The more she was purposeful in her training for strength, endurance, and eating properly, she began to experience progress and her self-confidence grew. That would be the same as a disciple of Jesus. The more you grow and the fruits of the Spirit begin to manifest themselves in and through you, your confidence as a disciple grows as God's work is coming alive in you. Amen? So, are you gaining confidence in your walk as a disciple of Jesus? Her mindset changed from just being a participator to a competitor. And this competitor mindset changed her focus and purpose for competing, because the plain old truth, it's called a race, and in a race, there are other runners besides yourself, and you are not only competing against them, you're competing against yourself as well, and with genuine determined desire to improve, she subsequently ran four more marathons, and as a result, Her commitment to herself, her last and best marathon time was over 75 minutes better than her first, and ran a personal best at 347. Some call that evidence. Way to go, honey. What a wonderful accomplishment, and it was awesome for me to experience your personal accomplishments with you. I know, and so do you. I couldn't do it, and neither could millions of others. That is the truth. So, the plain old truth. Your spiritual life requires work. It requires purpose, focus, and planned steps on the way to the narrow gate. There are so many aspects to a wholesome spiritual life and growth as a disciple of Jesus than just standing and waiting for what you think God will give you because you think he should. And if you're basing your eternity on what you may have been told or assume because you're really unsure as to what being a disciple of Jesus really entails. So you just wing it. Question. How many participators started the race with the fictitious mindset created in them by someone that deceived them to believe they can do anything they set their mind to and went home without a finisher's medallion? I saw a lot of them when she ran the Boston Marathon. Living with what is truly an uncertainty mindset will leave you spiritually atrophied and you'll miss out on continuous spiritual growth progress maturity and usefulness to god as their disciple but if you are a disciple of jesus like the runner you'll have evidence as my fellow disciples who are dea rely on in their line of work and they know who they are evidence is what god calls fruit so the plain old truth to work out your salvation is like the runner that changes their eating habits and sacrifices caloric intake from their favorite food and denies the cravings to reduce weight that will hinder development and progress. The disciple sacrifices obs- obs- uh, obsessions, attractions and habits that obstruct or diminish their spiritual maturity and fruitfulness. So sacrifice equals work. The runner challenges themselves by raising the intensity of their training regimen. The disciple dedicates more time to their study regimen and God's word leading to a deeper understanding and a continued of the renewing of their mind. Therefore, renewing your mind equals work. A conditioned runner learns of and follows proven strategies in training, preparation, and execution for races. The disciple discovers God's proven faithfulness, grows in understanding of his truths, and applies, takes the necessary action in obedience to Jesus' commands. Therefore, obedience and discipline equals work. Are you catching my drift? Are you putting in the work as a disciple of Jesus so you will also work out your salvation or not? N-G-A You, as a disciple of Jesus, are commanded to work out your salvation. And remember, it's not working for your salvation because Jesus has already finished that work and you will never be able to achieve nor satisfy God's demand for it. Again, another reason why you need Jesus because your salvation comes only in and through him. Therefore, Perseverance, endurance, obedience, denying yourself, love, belief, prayer, fasting, courage, faith, sanctification. All equals work. So, can we agree? Forgiveness equals work because it requires you as a disciple of Jesus to obey Jesus' command to deny your flesh and its actions to hold on to sin. If you understand God's grace toward you, then you will extend grace with an open heart and arms of forgiveness, work, which is love in action, and it's forgiveness that begins the healing process for any transgression. It takes sheer determination, strength of mind and will, work, to entrust yourself to God as you look to God versus any other created being or your own flesh for remedies. It's totally trusting in God for His justice through His righteousness. The pure milk of the word? Revenge is the act of not forgetting, which truly amounts to unforgiveness, and unforgiveness lives in your sinful flesh. Whereas forgiveness is love, and lives in and by the Spirit. Whereas a disciple of Jesus, are you to live, and are you to live in the flesh? are in the spirit NGA Now as a disciple of Jesus how are you to worship God as Jesus commands in John 4:24 Answer God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth Therefore worship equals work and it goes well beyond the singing believe that God's work is that he remembers no more let me repeat that. Maybe you didn't hear me. God's work is that he remembers no more. And you as a disciple of Jesus are made in God's image and according to their likeness, as God testifies in Genesis 1, are you not? And because you are, you're commanded to imitate God. That's Ephesians 5.1 coming alive in you which says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. The truth of God leaves no room for your considering, pondering, or mulling over. No. God says be. And be means remain as, exist as, and live as an imitator of God. What a blessing. And in Remember No More... Not forgetting is spelled totally different than remembering no more. Amen? So, you must decide if you're going to live in the flesh and not forget or in the spirit and remember no more. N-G-A. For over many years, I made a pledge of not forgetting about the abuse I suffered as a youth. And I want to say to all of you men that are listening and struggling with bondage of not forgetting, and testify, there's freedom from the bondage of that sin, I'm testifying to the truth. Drop me an email, if you're currently struggling, and I'll put my email in the summary notes. The time is now to experience freedom, and stop being deceived you must live like that. Reach out to me today. Know this, though. The consequence of my sin, of not forgetting, consumed my heart, flooded my mind with those images, and I hated them and it every day. Bitterness, hatred, and anger, and the intent of my thoughts of my heart were evil continually. And it was only by God's mercy that he did not enact his judgment on me, as he did against those in Genesis 6. Believe that, and all I can say is, but God. Although I denied the truth of its obsession and occupation, it was eating up more memory space than a school of piranha on a fresh side of beef. Believe that. So it does make me want to ask you a few questions, and I, I hope it's all right. If I don't forget, doesn't that mean I'm the one dwelling on it? And since I've chosen not to forget, and the abuser doesn't think about it at all, then who's really getting hurt? By not forgetting me or them, you or them. This sin of not forgetting distresses your life spiritually and physically, and whether you care to admit it, it affects the lives of those you say you love. This sin of unforgiveness, because that's what not forgetting is. It's unforgiveness, and that's the truth, whether you want to admit it or not, whether justified or not, because it's in one sin and lawless deed that ignited the not forgetting mindset in the first place, did it not? And once you undertake that not forgetting mindset, that sin of disobedience starts clamping down in and around your heart like a plant that's root bound. And just like the root-bound plant is susceptible of pest and root rot, your heart and mind become defenseless to all sorts of evil to infiltrate your state of mind. You can believe that. I know it to be true. I lived it. And when you live with an unrepentant heart by choosing not to forgive, which is not forgetting, the devil uses your own thoughts against yourself as he manipulates your thoughts, and your thoughts turn into deeds as you begin to live by your sinful nature. And the scribes pen it all down in the books. Remember Revelation 20.12? Oh, yes, you can try to claim Jesus, but be very careful, because you need to go read Matthew 6. Ask God to open your heart and not continue to deceive yourself about the truth of unforgiveness. a simple truth? When you fail to forgive, you expose yourself to the illusions, deception, and trickery as you become prey and the next meal for the roaring lion. Believe that. Remember that question, why do I need Jesus from the God cast? What kind of work do you do? Well, this is surely a reason why you need Jesus. Because you need forgiveness for your sin just as much as abuser needed forgiveness from God. Believe that. And what would one do if they chose not to forget, which is living out the sin of unforgiveness, we've now confirmed, which truly amounts to disobedience to God's command. That's the plain old truth. Yet, the abuser repents, seeks forgiveness from God, and God saves them outside of your purview. And the person that failed to forgive, you know, the not forgetting, is in hell. And the abuser is in heaven. What? Talk about torment. That burning feeling will go on forever. Hmm. Maybe I need to look to what God says about the work God says he works in. Amen? Because that would be Philippians 2.13 with forgiveness in your life. Let's go back to Hebrews 10, 17, where God says, And their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. As you come to expect on Diving Deep with D.L., our focus is on what God says, and that's looking at the pure milk of the word. Amen? So the plain old truth, the T-H-E-I-R, that God is referring to, is you, my fellow disciples. And when God says sins and not sin, that, my fellow disciple, is all of your sins. I know for myself I cannot remember all the sins I committed against God. Uh Uh-oh. Would that be to remember no more? Wait a minute. You just said you're not capable of remembering no more. I guess we were made in the image and likeness of God after all. Hmm. God makes his word perfectly transparent if he remembers then he will remember all sins you can count your eternity on that so let me ask you this would you want God to remember all and we know when God says all he means all would you want God to remember all your sins and lawless deeds. See, that's why you need Jesus, because if God remembers any of them and you're not forgiven, you really think you could stand before a holy, righteous, and just God because you're choosing to live by the law without Jesus versus God's grace given by and through the work of Jesus and try to stand on your own merits? Listen to what God said through his disciple James in James 2.10. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of all. You must believe me and every disciple that's before me and with me knows living by the grace of God and Jesus' commands is far better than possessing a mindset that you may be exempt from some sin because of your obedience in other areas of your life. And hope that God remembers not those sins you committed with no forgiveness that you thought you were exempt from, only to find God remembered. And at that exact moment, your own heart condemns you, and then Jesus makes your condemnation final. The plain old truth Partial obedience to God is disobedience to God. I will testify that's another reason why you need Jesus. Listen to what the truth of God is in Romans 8, 1. God says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And when God says now, he means now. Are you in Christ Jesus now? By the work, by, excuse me. By the way, this work and power as Jesus' disciples is carried out by God the Holy Spirit. Amen? I mean, today, can you see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit's work all over the place or not? This life, God promises, is real, and disciples of Jesus have, are, and will be living it until the last soul is underneath the altar. You can count on that. It happened back then, it's happening right now, because they are still at work. Can I get an amen for God's work yesterday, today, and forever? I pray you're beginning to understand and accept that this life of discipleship that God calls you to out of this world is costly, and it involves a true effort to work out your salvation. Now you can read and study while Jesus testifies that discipleship is costly and you can find it in Matthew 16. Spend some time studying that chapter. I promise God the Holy Spirit will illuminate and renew your mind with what Jesus is commanding his disciples to do. D o, And the pure milk of the word of Matthew 16 to deny, take up and lose all equals work. And you must believe, to give up yourself by imitating Jesus with that feat, and that would be F-E-A-T, is costly. Now, let's dive into the mindset of forgetting, which is really remembering no more if you're going to live out Ephesians 5.1. So let me ask you this. How do you think a renewed mind works with remember no more? Well, let's cogitate on this, and then we'll look at Jesus. Amen? So the plain old truth, to not forget, means you must not look back to see it because the sin, transgression or offense, that would be the sins and lawless deeds, happened in the past and the sin and lawless deeds are darkness. The simple truth, how can you drive forward peering into your rearview mirror and see that you're staying in your lane? And that would be pertaining to operating your motor vehicle. But what about your life? How would you see the path that is lit by the lamp that's lighting your feet, as Psalm 119.105 testifies, if you focus on the darkness that's trailing behind you? As a disciple of Jesus, you must imitate him by forgetting what lies behind. Listen to this truth of God said through his disciple Paul to the disciples in Philippi in Philippians three, thirteen and fourteen. Brethren, I do not regard myself as holding lay, excuse me of having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The pure milk of the word nothing. Other than the work of God, His love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, freedom, salvation, sanctification, and new life, just to name a few, in your life is worth your time, energy, and focus. The plain old truth, to not forget takes more work than to remember no more. Believe that. And to one's amazement, you're already carrying out this work of God to remember no more. And I'm sure you'll say you don't believe me because there are so many events, occasions, circumstances, dealings, happenings, episodes, and things that happened in your life, and you just can't seem to remember, do you not? So, when I was pondering how I was going to communicate how not forgetting compared to remembering not works, I had to look at Jesus and inquire. As to how looking to darkness to see the light brings forth any benefit at all. And the plain old truth, it doesn't. In other words... How does anyone focus on sin of any kind, yours or someone else's, transcend the mighty, magnificent, unmatched, untouchable, incomparable, inspiring, extraordinary, and exceptional work of Jesus when he became man to become sin on your behalf so that you might become the righteousness of God in him? I would suggest make 2 Corinthians 5.21 a lifetime memory verse. And when you want to not forget, say this, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now I have a tendency to want to personalize it so that it reminds me of the importance of God's word being in my heart, on my mind, and coming out of my mouth. So this is how I apply it to me. You may try it. It may work for you. We'll see. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on my behalf so that I might become the righteousness of God in him. Amen? So, listen to this. Jesus' death was the greatest act in humanity, yes? And that's from the recipient's perspective. But what is it from Jesus' perspective when you want to look back on sin, cogitate on this. And I'll repeat the inspiration again. How does looking into darkness to see the light bring forth any benefit? And the answer was, it doesn't. And here's why. So, if Jesus looks back, this is what he sees. He became sin. Not a sinner. Sin. All of it. And what's the consequence of that? Jesus fulfilled the law, and the law cost him his human nature to fulfill it. Listen to Leviticus 5.3. Or, if he touches human uncleanness, of whatever sort his uncleanness may be with which he becomes unclean, and it is hidden from him, and then he comes to know it, he will be guilty. So one may ask, How does that apply to Jesus? Well, here's how. Matthew 8, 1-3 When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And a leper came to him and bowed before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed and immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. The pure milk of the word, the instant Jesus touched the leper in his humanity, he became unclean and became sin on your behalf. You think Jesus wants to look back at that ugliness of sin? Jesus experienced betrayal of his closest friends. Can anyone relate to that? Why are you looking back when there's so much ahead? The devil's behind you and God is ahead. Jesus experienced physical abuse to the extreme from those that had no idea, literally or figuratively, while they were carrying out those horrendous acts of violence on Jesus. And those were extremely painful in his humanity. Why look back at the sin from humanity and the pain and brutality inflicted on his humanity? Why are you holding on to that? Jesus knows betrayal can come with a kiss. Luke 22, 47 and 48 testifies to this. While he was still speaking, behold, a crowd came. And the one called Judas, one of the twelve, was preceding them. And he approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Forgive them and you will begin to heal. How about this? Jesus lost his humanity at a place called the place of a skull which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha, and experienced death. John 19.30 testifies, Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The pure milk of the word, death brought forth tremendous sorrow for all who loved Jesus. For God the Father first and foremost, His heart was saying, you killed my son. And consider his mother, her heart and spirit was crushed. Why look back at that? And he experienced something he never desired to experience in the past, present or future, ever. And it was done for you. And that was being forsaken by the father. Listen to Matthew twenty-seven forty-five and 46. Now from the sixth hour fell upon all the land until the ninth hour. About the ninth hour Jesus cried out in a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God,
1: my God,
0: why have you forsaken me? Why look at that? So I asked Jesus when I was writing my book titled Walking the Way, Discipling Everywhere with a Fresh Set of Eyes in the segment titled Trials. I asked Jesus humanly, was it worth it? His answer was yes. It was worth it for your sake. The pain is a faint memory to the love and joy coming from pleasing the Father and being faithful to Him. The Father's love has been poured out into my life. And now I'm pouring my love out into yours. If you desire to see how our Savior dealt with this trial, you can find it in Luke twenty-two forty-two through 45 a You will see prayer, humility, love, and obedience to do the will of the Father. How do we learn to live and view life and trials in a biblical way versus humanly? Because of Jesus' sacrifice, you must understand, he does not want to look back at the cross for his encouragement, no. Nor does he want to remind himself of the pain and shame that it brought him, nor the sin that he bore for the life that is promised to those who believe in him, no. He looks ahead to the new converts that are the new disciples coming, being made by the disciples bringing the good news of good things to them. See it like this. There's this field that's a thousand miles long and a thousand miles wide. It has the blackest, richest dirt you've ever laid eyes on, full of the perfect amount of minerals, microorganisms, microorganisms, and organic matter. As far as you can see to the north, south, east, and west, there's row after row after row of tiny green plants bursting through the soil representing new life that has come as a result of the laborers working in the Lord's harvest. That growth confirms the seed, which is the Word of God, has taken root into the hearts, the fertile soil, and when the harvest comes, there will be fruit. 1 Corinthians nine confirms that as disciples of Jesus, this wonderful work of God is yours to live out as his disciple. So, You can either forget sin or not forget sin, or you can fix your eyes on Jesus and forgive. Yes, God can look ahead because he remembers no more. Amen? As we head back up, take this with you. If you want to not forget, then don't. Instead, Remember No More is a means that God has given in your mind to experience freedom from the bondage and captivity of sin, especially your own. Remember, your sinful flesh wants to destroy what God can and will do in your spirit. Be purposeful and meditate on Galatians 5.17 and 2 Corinthians 10.5. That's about the flesh and what to do with your thoughts. Because that's what not forgetting is. It's holding on to thoughts. So, do you control your thoughts? Or does your thoughts control you? And where the control lies, that's who's really in control. Excuse the pun. For the sins and lawless deeds committed against you, if you view those as greater than your sins and lawless deeds commit against a holy True God? You need more understanding of Jesus' work as a Savior. Pray, repent of your sinfulness, ask God for forgiveness, and ask God to bring a disciple into your life so you can walk the way Jesus did. Amen? Develop the discipline to fight against the thoughts that take your mind away from the thoughts that remind you of the wonderful work of God in your life in the past and in the present. If you're testifying that you're someone that not forgetting is commonplace or a frequent practice, then the plain old truth, you cannot see the glory of Christ. If you're proclaiming you're a disciple of Jesus and His work does not cover your work, then the simple truth, you're calling yourself a liar and are living in your sinful flesh versus in and by the freedom that's only found in and by God the Holy Spirit. Remember, whatever is happening now in your life is never for now, it's for down there. So when you arrive, you can remember no more your sin and call to mind God's faithfulness. Ask yourself, how did I make it here? And you will say, just like all of us, but God. Instead of not forgetting your sin or the sin of others, Meditate on 1st John 1 9 which says if we confess our sins He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness So if God is faithful and righteous to forgive and cleanse then What is there for you not to forget? pray 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 That will take your mind off not forgetting and then remember no more the evil in your flesh and in the flesh of others the plain old truth, it takes work to forget what lies behind. Be determined to fix your eyes on Jesus. It will be by God the Holy Spirit's work and power in you to truly forgive and remember no more. You can only forgive in the Spirit, and to work out your salvation as a disciple of Jesus is to remember no more as you are purposeful in your imitating God as a beloved child. You need to delete, erase, and remove all transgressions in your rear-view mirror and start looking through your windshield and press on to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus as God testifies in Philippians 3.14. Ephesians 2.10 testifies to the true work of God that proves their work will come alive in you as their workmanship. Amen. Let me pray for you. Abba, I love you and thank you for today. This is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, thank you for your perfect love. Thank you for your gift and work of forgiveness for my sins and lawless deeds. I already know and accept there is no way possible I could ever remember the thousands of sins and lawless deeds I committed against you and all others in my life whether they were known or unknown. I ask for your forgiveness today, and trust in Jesus when I confess that he is faithful to forgive and cleanse me. Thank you, God the Holy Spirit, for empowering me to repent, and as I face each day with the hope that you will lead me in the will of the Father today. I lift up to you every listener today, O loving Father. Bring forth your love and forgiveness, Reveal to them you can remember no more their sins and lawless deeds and break the chain of bondage from those that have experienced abuse, so they too can begin to heal, because now they can forgive their trespassers. I am so thankful that you remember no more my sins and lawless deeds, and I can live this life you promised in Jesus. Bring forth your love, mercy, grace, power, and forgiveness to someone today so they will live this new life as your disciple and be one of those tiny green plants bursting out of the darkness of the earth into your marvelous light. Thank you for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for responding and bringing the truth of your word to the ears, hearts, and minds of those you have ordained to hear. I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with D.L. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for His compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great day of worship, and keep walking the way.